Focus, man. Now they got a problem. Who you talking to? Some right there. The man in the mirror. I see him quite clear. Do your thing, Cap. Work it out, dog. Open up their minds. Be about yours. Silence everyone who ever tried to doubt yours. Get your mind right. Keep your sound wrong. Have me bass, man. Make it bounce more. Make them feel it from the ceiling to the ground floor. How it sound, y'all. I know it's crazy, right? I know it's crazy tight. Don't ever take me light. It's Cap love, y'all. And that's what's up, y'all. I beat game. I know exactly what you want, y'all. I make it jump, y'all. So put them up, y'all. Brown sugar Brooklyn is about to jump off. You got to give it to me. You need to give it to me. You better give it to me. Give it to me. Brown sugar, leave the ground sugar. Got the world sweating like fiends without cook up. You know you really wanna give it to me. You better give it to me. You got to give it to me. Give it brown sugar. Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502. It is going down here on a beautiful Saturday morning here in Louisville, Kentucky. This is your boy Rashawn Myers coming to you live from the Palatial Studios of WXVW, Big X Sports Radio. And on the line, as always, I'm joined by my right-hand man, Mr. Haven Hanson. Haven Hanson, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, I am freezing. I am <laughs> out here at my daughter's soccer tournament in uh, Ohio, north of, about 20 minutes north of Cincinnati, at the beautiful Lakota East High School, home of your Thunderhawks. Wow. And they're out here playing 0 0, like 48 degrees, and a blustery, windy Saturday morning. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds awful. But you know what? I'm so glad the dedication to where at least if you're going to freeze your butt off, you're going to be on, on the line with, with me today and, and our good folks. Of course, we got a lot to get into, Haven. Uh, you know, the Governor's Cup is, is over and done with. The Blue blue Bellies go home happy again. Uh, Louisville fans are, are, are very interesting, and, and we're going to get into that and their response to the loss. Um, University of Louisville still has not won a basketball game. Definitely going to get into that. We got uh, the NFL starting to take uh, take shape. Uh, USC goes down and upset defeat last night, uh, and got more championship games on the way. So I tell you what, we got a bunch to get into, of course, um, Everybody, if you see me on Twitter, had a lot of reaction to my my tweet about uh, you know the, some of the contents of today's show, and, and I think that's where we're gonna get started. Uh, and of course, if you want to get involved in anything that you hear today, uh, make sure you reach out to us uh, on the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. That's five zero two four one four one four five zero is the best way to get involved uh, for anything, any thoughts on anything that you hear. 
today or if you just want to talk about something completely different, don't give a crap what we're talking about. I'm okay with that as well. Uh, give us a text in. Of course, if you want to call in as well, uh, the Wake Up 502 buzz line, 502-384-1450 is there as well. Um, so you can give us a call and give us your thoughts. But uh, uh, my, my tweet, uh, Haven, that I sent out to everybody um, – about the contents for the show, and it's something I've been thinking about. And I said, um, I'm still waiting for Kenny Payne to start coaching this basketball team. Whoa, ho, oh, oh, ho. Oh. <laughs> Look, man, I, I'm going to stop you right there. Yes. You are the acting president of the Kenny Payne's Coaches Haters Club. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. I, I, I've heard. I've had some tell me that I, I'm the reason that – that the basketball team is losing, and I'm the reason that there's so much negativity around the programs because of words you know and people. I'm like just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. I remember during the spring and summer, it was all about Rashawn and Haven. You guys are hating on Kenny Payne for no reason. He's going to be the greatest thing ever. Wait till he starts recruiting. Wait till he get all these five-star recruits coming in. Wait till he gets DJ Wagner. Wait till he gets all these little five-star guys. We're going to have a recruiting class like you've never seen before. Then Nolan Smith comes on board. Now we're going to stop flipping Duke players. We're going to stop flipping Duke recruits now. I'm telling you, you're not going to see anything like this. Oh, yeah, Derek Whitehead. Kenny's going to do it all. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. You got Danny Manning now. Ha ha. You see Rashawn, you see Haven, and you guys want to your Bruce Pearls and your Kelvin Sampsons and your <laughs> Mark Jacksons of the world. What do you guys know? Everybody's coach with Kenny Payne. Everybody wants Kenny Payne to coach our team. Look at him. Everybody's excited. Danny Crum's excited. Uh, all the four basketball players are excited. Manuel Ford is excited. It's going down. Hey, everybody's excited. excited. Absolutely. That's right. It didn't lose to Noah Ryan. <laughs> and then it became, ah, nah, nah. now Kenny did say this is going to be a rebuilding process. Well, And that game Take didn't count. Time. Remember that, that that game didn't count. That's right. And remember, like we told you, Kenny Payne says it's going to take some time. Rebuilding process, the guys are mentally scarred from for Matt. <laughs> mentally scarred. They need to be loved on and hugged on and loved on some more like Saturday field loved on a football team. It's gonna take some time. Just wait and see. Why does your what, what why does your Kenny supporter fan sound like a southern gentleman? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> like the best voice I come up with. Right. I was watching Foghorn Lake for a performance. So that, that's what I came for. We okay. pass for some more. Uh-huh. And we lose to Wright State. Then we lose to Bellman, making us the second best basketball team in our own city. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Not the last. But then it was like, whoa, ho, 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 ho. Well, that's Scotty oh, Davenport. Now, let, you know. Let's pump the brakes. Let, let, let's pump the brakes now. Uh, 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 Houston, something's wrong. And that's when every, in the more of the words, Wu Tang Clan, that's when everything changed. Yeah. Uh, I lost the Bellman. Because then it's now it's like, now you fast forward it. And. It's man, December and Louisville like, does not have a win. It's December and Louisville basketball does not have a win. Does not have a win. I've not seen people exit the Kenny Payne train this fast. I mean, ever. I mean, like, almost. Everybody's off the train. There's a couple of diehard fans who's like, well, you know, let's give them some time. It, it, it could take two to three years to rebuild because we were in such bad shape. And I'm like, no, we weren't. 
It took LSU exactly a half a uh, a half a summer to rebuild. Maryland. It took Maryland. How long did it take Maryland, Haven? <laughs> a half a summer. Six seven months, to, right? They, they, yeah, to go six and zero. Oh. LSU lost all their players except for one. Yeah. One dude came back. They get Murray State's coach. He goes to transfer portal, puts together a brand new team, undefeated. But 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 it's it's a cloud. They have a cloud at LSU. Surely they're not doing well. They have the cloud. They haven't even got their NCAA investigation. So surely nobody wanted to play for them. They couldn't get anybody, could they? Uh, apparently not. They probably <laughs> got enough dudes to be undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> so and here's the thing, like okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I'm not hating on Kenny Payne. Now people don't say hating and being negative. You're hating on Kenny Payne. I'm like. The dude is 0-7. We are literally in a race with Cal to see who's going to be the worst the Power 5 team. team ever, yes. Yeah, to okay. be the worst Power 5 team ever, to be the team that <laughs> is going to lose the most games in Power 5 history. Like, us and Cal. Yeah, to start the season. University of Louisville and Cal. Start the season 0-7, the first ever that in the history of college basketball that anybody in the Power 5 has started 0-7. Yeah. And that includes Northwestern team that never went to the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 an unbelievable stat. It's an unbelievable place to be. And and like like I said, Cal for for some reason, uh, Cal Berkeley is is uh, matching Louisville for futility in terms of getting a, a season started with the most consecutive wins to start a, or losses uh, to start a season. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's like we're in a race to see who's going to be the worst. Like, literally. And, then, and one of the teams who lost to Wright State, didn't he just get busted by the Kim Palm Lane 300 team in the, in the country? Uh, was like the, the yes. worst team. Unfortunately, Wright State did just Yeah, lose. like that's like 21, right? Uh, yes, but they, they lost by 21 points. The same Wright State team that, uh, you know, the, the second loss of the season after uh, Bellarmine. <laughs> Just kind of came in, came in there, and just uh, took Wright State's lunch money. So definitely not a good look. Hurts the strength of schedule, like, Haven. And like I said, like people say that we're hating, and like we hate on Kenny Payne and things of that nature. But like we're not hating. It's like we said, and I know I said, it, but when they first hired Kenny Payne, we did cap down the hype. It's his first ever coaching job. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of errors. I don't want people to get so excited and put so much pressure on a man that. You know, about those expectations. Yeah. Well, and, and and my thing is this: like the thing that I've heard a lot of this week is, um, this is terrible. The basketball team is so bad that I'm just not. I'm going to ignore them, and I'm just going to try to talk about something else. And that's not uh, to to their credit. That's not every show, but there have been a lot of shows where they've they've wanted to kind of shy away from it and just say that we're just not going to talk about basketball because the basketball team's doing so bad. Well, the way I look at it. Um, I'm not going to not talk basketball. Um, the, the Louisville basketball is the foundational uh, cornerstone of sports in this city. Outside of the Kentucky Derby, it's Kentucky Derby and Louisville basketball. That's what it is in the 502. So I'm not going to not discuss um, at hand University of Louisville basketball. I said when Kenny Payne got the job, you know, it, uh, of course it's it's fine um, that that was the direction that the Louisville Athletic Department wanted to go in. But like I I said when he was hired, I said I'm going to hold him to the standard of every other coach that's ever come through here. Um, you know, when people say, well, that's not fair. He's a first time head coach. Okay, well, if 
this was going to be his first job. I'm not going to lower my standards, and I'm not going to lower my expectations because if he felt like he was – you know, good enough to take the job and he was good enough to be the guy to lead this program, then he's going to be good enough to handle uh, the criticisms and uh, my thoughts. And that's the only thing I've ever given Haven. You know, because like you said, uh, we, we've heard folks say, um, you know, that, that we've been critical or we've been negative. Literally, I'm only discussing current events. So why is it my fault that, unfortunately, everything that Louisville's done since about mid-June has been bad? Like literally, since Brandon Brandon Huntley Hatfield uh, signing uh, in late May was the last good thing really that happened. It was Danny Manning getting uh, bringing Danny Manning on, which was a huge get, uh, and and we celebrated it as such. Uh, then Brandon Huntley Hatfield uh, announced that he was transferring to Louisville, and then that pretty much since that happened, Haven. Nothing good has happened. I mean, yes, you added some some players. You added a, added a, a, a future, you know, pros, project prospect piece in Fabio Basile. Uh, you added Hersey Miller, who uh, you know, once again, a TSU walk on. No, no hating on him, but it, he kind of is what you he and has been what you expect from a TSU walk on. So, I mean, while those are you know nice little stories to add, it's not going to be fundamentally a, a game changer for this university and this basketball team. So, like. At what point, Haven, are we just not talking current events? I don't think it's necessarily being negative. Why? Like, we're only talking about what the most current data and information is, right? Well, here's the thing. Like, you can't be negative when you're talking about a team that's 0-7 that has got back from the Maui Massacre. <laughs> I mean, the 0-7 with losses to schools that you easily – Easily should have beaten. Yeah, I mean, like Rice State should have been an easy win. Bellarmine should have been an easy win. Uh, heck, when we played Cincinnati, who got beat by fourteen points by Northern Kentucky the week before they went to Maui. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that also the wins. Well, and, and and that's and that's the genesis of of what I wanted to talk about because you know we, we've heard Kenny Payne saying that you know in differing press conferences you know he's not giving up on these kids and he's going to keep supporting them and he's going to keep uh, you know believing in them and doing all that and what I've watched Haven and and this was. This has been the interesting thing. I've been looking for fundamental differences or fundamental changes in what Louisville's been doing to try to get, uh, you know, have more success for their players and ultimately more success for the team. And this is what I've kind of been watching, um, you know, and I have not seen that. That's why I said I'm waiting for Kenny Payne to start coaching because when I say, yes, I understand he's the coach of the team. Yes, I understand um, he's been coaching these guys up, getting them prepare for the season somewhat uh, you know I don't I don't know how good the preparation has been obviously but I know that he's he spent time doing that that is an element of coaching but the biggest key element once the season starts is when you actually have to start coaching your basketball team. Once you see your team on the court with another team, it is up to you to be able to put your players in the best position to succeed. Like I, The one thing, Haven, that I have questioned and pushed back on, I've never understood, you know, if you're a coach, you come in with an idea of what you want your team to be and what you want your system to be, and you feel like at the time Kenny thought he had the guys who could play the system that he was installing. Well, clearly – 
They can't. Clearly, you know, when you're talking about having the fourth worst assist to turnover ratio, they are 160, uh, ranked 161 out of 164 teams. Uh, in terms of assist-to-turnover ratio. They turn the ball over on more than once per every four possessions. Um, they, they're, like, literally, they don't do anything well. They're one of the worst offensively efficient teams in the league, and they're also one of the worst defensive teams in uh, all of Division One. So, clearly, the system that you're trying to install for this edition of Louisville basketball isn't working. So, as the coach and as the leader of the team, it's your job – to make changes and to adjust what you are doing so that you can have success on the court because you're the coach. That's what coaching is. And while I understand that he is big on player development, I understand uh, he's trying to teach these guys basketball fundamentals and basketball theory and uh, trying to work on their IQ to understand what they're seeing on the court and what they can do to be successful. But clearly they haven't grasped that yet. So at what point do you adjust what you're doing both offensively and defensively to help them along? Because, Haven, I don't know if you agree with me, but going out here and just getting your head beat in week in and week out, I mean, literally they've lost to every team they've played. The teams that they have more talent than, the App States, the Wright States, the Bellamans, they lost. It was close losses, all by one points. But the teams that they've had comparable t- talent to, where the teams are just as talented and athletic or better, they've not even been able to stay on the court. Like, so at what point? I don't understand. That's not true. That's yes, not true. They have been able to stay on the court. So, like, you watch their games, they do okay. Maybe, like, the first 15, 20 minutes of a game. They're, like, kind of competitive, right? Uh, absolutely. Competitive oh, yes, yeah. The first halves have been good, yeah, for some of the games. And then, and then like, the wheels just completely fall off the second half. Like, they just don't even play anymore. Right? It's like they're not even trying. Uh, it's, so, here's the thing. Payne, Coach Payne sat on the bench next to Tyler Perry for 10-plus years, right? Tyler Perry's the master of tailoring whatever offense he's going to install or run to the talent he has, right? Yes. This man almost reinvents what he wants to do every season because he's recruiting almost new basketball team every year. And he just gets the best players he can get and then kind of tailors the offense to who he has. He kind of keeps the same defense, but even that changes depending on who he gets in. I was kind of thinking maybe that's maybe what Kenny may do as a head coach, kind of tailor the offense, kind of tailor what he wants to do to, you know, the talent we have. But even that hasn't been the case. Well, I mean, and like, that's he's trying to run this NBA esque offense with guys who just aren't talented enough to run it. Right. Number one, number two, like you don't have any guards to run it. Like at the beginning of this, like when he first got here, we knew that we needed guards. Like in the worst way. And I've said that a million times, and I will admit, I'm not the biggest college basketball fan you don't say. analyst in the world. <laughs> I, 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 I will admit that. But even I know that college basketball is a guard's game. Absolutely. It's a guard's game. If you, if you to come in with just L. Ellis, is criminal. I mean, it's, it, it just, it's one of those things where – Fine. You know, Kenny thought he overestimated what he had uh, on the team. I I personally wonder 
Um, a couple of things now, like what, where Louisville is now, I do wonder how much research he did on these guys, you know, or, or did he come in and look at the guys? Because Louisville had some physically impressive guys, L. Ellis, Sick Curry, uh, Jalen Withers, guys that looked, you know, like they, they had, you know, projected next level athleticism, next level strength, quickness. And I wonder if he didn't necessarily take enough time saying, you know what, let me go ahead and pull up the tape of these guys and see what I actually have. I, I do question how much research was done into these guys to kind of understand their strengths and weaknesses because, you know, w- w- when I look at the fact that, like I said, the fact that Kenny said in his um in his press conference before the season started, he wanted L. Ellis to be the team's lockdown defender. He wanted to take, down, uh, take on the challenge to be Louisville's best uh, perimeter defender. I'm like, did you watch this guy play defense last year? Like, I love L. Ellis. He's a dynamic offensive player, and he's very good at getting his own shot and scoring the basketball. But he was the worst perimeter defensive player on the team last year. So to come into this season saying you want L. Ellis to be a lockdown defender, um, that makes me question how much research you did on L. Ellis's game or his strengths of his game coming in. It was kind of like, you know, when well, you talked about, you know, uh, Jalen Withers being able to handle the basketball and last year Jalen, one of every three drives, he turned the ball over, kicked the ball off his foot or fell on the floor um, and what has he done this year, Haven? Every three or four drives, kick the ball off his foot, turn it over, fall on the floor. So like that, that's my one question is I don't know how much research was done with these guys to actually know what they were capable of. Like I know what you look good in the summer but look who you're practicing against. You know, but yeah, you know, and 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 I also know like when okay, so when we first hired Kenny, I was thinking we're going to win anywhere between ten to fifteen games, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking ten to fifteen games because he has talent. He doesn't have any guards. Absolutely, he has one guard, no Alice, but he has a lot of he has a lot of forwards and a, and a lot of center positions. And last year, Sid Curry was a beast. Yes, so I'm thinking, you know, Kenny. Yes, I know he coached with Tyler Perry, but he played underneath Denny, and Denny was the inside-out guy, right? Yes. Denny was all about his centers and big men. So I'm thinking, you know, this guy's going to feed the big guys and let them eat, right? Like, like find a way to get the, the ball to Curry on the block, let him work, you know, crash the boards with, uh, you know, Withers and uh, BHH, because those are pretty tall, lanky dudes. Who, so, you know, they should be able to get a rebound and bust them guys out. And get some putbacks, get some easy points, and that's how you know I figured that, that we would generate our offense, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Absolutely. But coming to the season, it's I'm just like I know he's trying to do like this NBA what he says, you know, trying to do this NBA awareness type of thing where you know to be aware of who you are, kind of take your guy off the dribble. Yeah, very free flowing. Yeah, but you, you just don't have that type of talent. Like you don't have the guys to do it. Well, and they the thing is, it. like. It, Haven, it's a system that's made for, you know, 25, 26-year-old professional basketball players. I mean, it's something where you're basing your whole system on guys that are experienced enough to be able to go out there and understand the concepts of, you know, read and react basketball and defensively how, you know, how to communicate and play off of one another to make the correct proper switches and rotations defensively. But the thing about coaching, 
children <laughs> coming out of high school is that they don't necessarily have that understanding. So when they don't have that understanding, until they figure out or learn what you're trying to get out of them, you have to adjust to what you have on the court. And, and I, one thing that I have heard over and over, and I'm sick and tired of hearing it, um, I was listening to Seth Greenberg. It was on with Bobby V yesterday where he just said, Louisville fans, it's going to be fine. Kenny Payne's going to be a big winner at Louisville. You'll wait and see. You know how many times I've heard that, and, and I love Bob Valvano, and Coach Greenberg was an excellent coach there at, at Virginia Tech. Uh, uh, you know, he did a lot of nice things there. But – First of all, you don't know if Kenny Payne's going to do it. Like, I'm tired of hearing Jay Billis. I'm tired of hearing the ESPN uh, talking heads keep talking about Kenny Payne's going to be great. He's going to win big. You don't know what the hell Kenny Payne's going to be because he's never been a coach before. Like, and you can sit there and say he knows the game, and I've had a thousand conversations with him. He knows the game. Just because you know a lot about basketball doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a good coach of a basketball team. I've seen a lot of guys that know a lot about things and know a lot about subjects, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into them being able to comprehensively teach that to someone else. Not saying that he can't do it, not saying that he won't do it, but I'm tired of people saying he's going to win big, he's going to be awesome, he's going to be great. Like, Haven, I'm so tired of that specific comment. Like, you hope he does. You hope he does better. He's a great guy, but let's not overblow it. Does that make sense? Well, you know, it, it makes sense because, like, this isn't football. Like, So if this was the foot, the little football team, you could possibly say, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to take a while to get the players in the system that he wants to run. He's going to have to get more talent to coach him up. It's going to take him a little while to get bigger, stronger. I get that in football. It makes sense. But in basketball, yes. when you can literally turn a team around in a year, it just it just doesn't hold a lot of water. And that's not saying that Kenny can't turn things around. Like, we're not saying he cannot turn things around. Absolutely. That things can't be different. That they, that he may be like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to scrap what I'm doing right now. We're going to do something else. We're going to do ground to pound. Five or six sets, and we're just going to run these five or six sets. We're just going to play two, three zone until you guys can figure out the defense I want you to run. We're going to play either man to man, going to play two, three, box one, uh, one, two, or whatever. You know, whatever. These are things we're going to do until you guys can figure it out. Or I get some, or I get people in here who can figure it out, right? So, but but the problem is, Haven. But the thing is, Haven. Even with the worst coaches that I've ever seen, um, coach, you know, just coach bad teams, every team does something well. I've never seen a team. Louisville doesn't do anything well. They don't shoot it well. They don't take care of the ball. They don't rebound. They're not good on offense. They're not good on defense. I've never seen a team that's bad at everything. Like well, the, the thing that makes everything. it so difficult, <laughs> the thing that makes it so difficult is if you didn't have, like, schools like Maryland and LSU. Because last year – Louisville and Maryland had about the same record. Yeah. Had about the same record. Maryland like hits a game the transfer portal hard. Yeah. Maryland hits the transfer portal, portal hard, starts the season 5-0, and right? And I've already talked about LSU. LSU got Murray State's coach. They lost all of their players except for one. And... You know, they're having a hell of a season so far, right? 
Yeah, well, yeah, and why but, why are the guys from Maryland who who had their coach leave midseason and had a horrible season? Why aren't they broken? Why are why why don't they need a culture change to fix what's been broken? And why don't they need you know to just be rehabbed from this horrible season they had last year? I don't I don't understand. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's, <laughs> that's what's so hard about basketball because with basketball you can't change, especially especially the transfer portal. Now, before the transfer portal, yeah, we could say it may take a year to you know to rehab your team, right? To to, to get your team back together. Yeah, absolutely. But man, with the, but with the transfer portal now, I mean, even if you can't recruit with the darn, you can go to the portal get enough guys to at least have a to fill a competent team relatively quickly. Absolutely. And, oh, absolutely. And, like I said, we, and we have examples of that. That's what just makes this so, so disheartening, right? As a UVL fan, this is just so disheartening because, like, you look at your team play, and you know it's come to a point now where most UVL fans I talk to, they don't even ask for much. Now they're just asking, just just play hard for forty minutes. If you can just play hard for forty minutes, like that's crazy. That, that that's crazy. Like that that's that's supposed to be a given with a new coach, right? Is that you know guys are going to come in and at least they're going to play hard. I mean, you can go look at the examples. Look at when Rick Pitino took over Kentucky, literally on the death penalty, uh, you know, or not necessarily death penalty, but you know, pretty much on, uh, biggest restrictions that you can be. Came in, didn't have any players, but those guys came up came out and played their asses off. They played as hard as could be, left it out on the floor. That's all the, the fans want, but you have a team that's not even playing hard, and, and I think that's the question. But, Haven, I tell you what, we're going to go ahead, take this first break. When we come back, um, this is not just a bag session to bag on Kenny. We're going to talk about what changes or what, what do we need to see happen because I'm about solutions. Kenny Payne's going to be here. This is the team you have. What is it going to take? And, and I want to get your thoughts as well. Uh, 502-414-1450. I want to hear, what do you think Louisville needs to change? What things can they do to get this thing turned around? It's not about going to the tournament, but you know what? It's about coming out and looking better. This is Rashawn Myers. Wake up 502. It's going down. WXVW, Big Xbox Radio, and we'll be back. Get out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. Yeah. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt, yeah. Special girl, real good girl. Biggest thing in my itty bitty world. Call her up and she made me feel right. Wish the bliss could never take flight. Sitting back with this mic in my hand. And welcome back, welcome back in. Wake up 502. Vibing on a Saturday morning. A little Q-tip. Hey, I'm trying to go with more of a a little, you know, New York hip-hop feel this morning. Can you tell? I can definitely tell. <laughs> kind of surprised like Ted Love, <laughs> a.k.a. Most Deaf, a.k.a. Yassin Bey at, at the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I was I was just feeling that, that, that big, you know, Brick City vibe, man. So, you know. Little Q-tip coming back, but I, I, I tell you what, Haven. Uh, before we get back uh, in, into the conversation, we do have some text coming in on the text line. Um, texter wanted to know, said Rashawn Haven, did you wish Kenny Payne a happy birthday the other day? 
Um, <laughs> I did not realize it was Coach Payne's birthday, so happy belated birthday uh, to Coach Payne. So I uh, definitely want to get that out there. Um, also, uh, t- t- Oh, did you? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I missed it. I, w- I was not paying any attention. I don't know if I was, you know, one of my son's a- 18 best. I know. <laughs> no, I was probably at some basketball court somewhere watching my son play 55 games last week. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I missed that, but ha- happy birthday to Coach. Um, absolutely. Uh, also, I got a text there, and Texas says, uh, good morning, wake up 502, main event. Haven is absolutely right. Uh, Kenny runs a 2-3, if uh, Kenny Run runs a 2-3 zone, like Syracuse and press, then you can generate defense to offense. Since he doesn't have the players to run his offense, uh, and on the other hand, he's not getting players to run his office. So I, I, I offense. So I, I don't know. I mean, but no. I mean, I, I think that's one of the interesting things, Haven. Uh, when you talk about. Uh, defensive possessions and points per possession. The the possessions in which uh, Louisville actually ran two three zone have been by far the most um, the most competent possessions defensively um, by and large. But it's one of those odd things where it seems like. Kenny's very like you'll see Louisville run that two three zone out there and kind of match up off of it or or maybe a three two zone, um, but they'll only run it for a possession or two and then they go right back into that man defense. Um, I, I think that that's something that could really be helpful, don't you think? With as big and as long as they are, like running being more of a zone primary team. Just here's the thing: like, now you want to talk about solutions because, like I said, now we're not about hating on Kenny Payne. Not at all. Like, we want to see Kenny Payne succeed. I want to see, see my team win a game. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think with this team, especially with the length that you have, a matchup two-three zone is probably the best way to go until they can learn what the defensive philosophy and the defensive system you want to install. Yes. So I'm definitely all about. A matchup two three zone with like a soft press. Yes. Oh no, a soft full court press, and I, I think that it gives you the best chance. One, it does a couple of things for on defense because look at this Louisville team; they've been out rebounded. I think in every game except for one. Yeah. So with that two three zone, I give at least three guys that can collapse in the block and at least get you some rebounds. You know, the balls up. I, I, no, I, so. I, I totally agree with you. And, and truthfully, like, I, I, I like the the athleticism and length, but I think, like, this is the thing. You know, they always talk about um, players. You know, I, I always go back to what Rick Pitino said to um, uh, Montrez Harrell. Uh, when Montrez Harrell came back as a junior, um, he started his junior year trying to come out and shoot all these threes, shoot all these jump shots, 18-footers. And he didn't have a great start to his junior year. Um you know, and Coach Patino said he had to sit down and have uh, have a talk with Trez and said, "Son, you're not going to make it to the NBA because of your ability to hit jump shots, your ability to stretch the floor and hit threes. You're going to make it to the NBA because of your motor, your hustle, your ability to rebound and score in the paint." So what you need to do is focus on what you do the best and do that to the best of your ability. That's what Dennis Rodman did. Uh, you know, that's what all the greats do. They figure out what their best ability is and then they they master that um and and, you know i think the problem with this louisville team is instead of it being like i expect for jalen withers and brandon huntley hatfield to think they're perimeter oriented big men that want to stretch the floor but that's not what they're good at but the unfortunate part is kenny payne 
right now is allowing them to play that way, if it makes sense. Like, he's allowing them to go out there and play on the perimeter, and they're not capable of doing it. And rather than reining them in and putting them in a position to at least succeed and find some success for this team and themselves, he's just leading, leaving them out there on the island to just look terrible. So, like – I think that's the problem is like I understand, Coach, that you want to be able to get these guys ready for the next level and work on the skills to get them there. But obviously, that's not where they are. That's something that you work on during the offseason and you try to add to your game. But to me, I don't understand running those guys out there, putting them in a position to do something that clearly they aren't good at and just, you know, constantly getting made to look bad game after game. So, I mean, the one thing I would like to see, A, definitely I, I love the suggestion of the zone, whether it's 2-3, two, 3-2, three, three, two, matchup, um, any version of that, 1-3-1, one, one, I think would be good if you put Jalen Withers on the on the uh, top of that press in the 1-3-1. One, one. I think that would be awesome. Um, but then the other thing I would do, go ahead and slide these guys back into their natural position. Like me personally, Haven, I think Fabio Basile should be starting. Now, I don't know how many minutes, or excuse me, I don't know how long he'd actually play because he gets very overly excitable uh, in terms of playing defense, so he tends to pick up fouls really quickly. But I think that if you brought Fabio into that start, starting lineup and allowed him to play his natural position at the point and you could slide L. Ellis over to the two into his natural shooting shooting guard spot, I think that makes everything different because then you can slide Mike James into his natural position at the three, which is where I think he's going to be the most successful, and then you can have Jalen Withers and Huntley Hatfield closer to the basket at that four and that five. I feel like you can find success with that group right there, like 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 what what do you see, think about that see, setup? Well, see, to me, the difference was I instead of starting Fabio, I would start Hersey Miller. Okay, I would move Hersey in there, and I would take out Jalen and replace him with JJ. Okay, with the trainer because to me, JJ has a better motor. Uh, yes. the, the problem with with BHH and when you got BHH Curry and Jalen. Um, and Jalen all in the game together. It was like three guys with suspect motors. Uh, and, and and you can't have that because it kind of slows everything down. Yeah. Uh, and energy's not there. But I think if you get J.J., who has a lot more energy, can handle the ball better than all three of those said guys before him. Uh, Hersey at the point because he's, you know, he's an okay point guard. Like, he can... He's not exceptional anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you why I said Fabio over Hersey. I think that Hersey definitely is more composed. I think Hersey is the better defensive player. But the thing about Fabio that I like a his confidence and b his pure ability. Like Fabio may do a lot of things wrong, but he's like that super energetic puppy that's gonna go out there and go a thousand miles an hour. The more he gets time on the court, the better he's going to get. Like, I don't think Hershey's going to be a guy who can break break somebody down off the dribble, get into the lane, and try to make a play. I think I think Fabio can do that. So I think you let him learn through the mistakes and just, you know, take the chains off of him. You know what I mean? But the thing is, the thing is, like, Fabio's got an upside, but I will start Percy just to – to kind of to kind of get the ship steady, yes, and then bring in Percy's the Fabio <laughs> and let him, yeah, and, and and let Fabio get like significant minutes. Uh, Jamila kind of starts to get things going. 
Yeah, but I mean, either way, I, I think that's a better setup just because it moves L. Ellis off the point. It's kind of like the same thing we talked about with Edgar Sosa. You know, it should it should have always been, you know, Peyton Seaver in there next to Edgar, right? Yeah, because Edgar was not a point guard. Okay, I I, I know Ray did everything in his power to make Ed, Edgar a point guard. He he was he was never a point guard ever. Just like Russ Smith is not a point guard. So I tell you what, sorry about that, Haven. I was answering the uh, I was answering the phone, and we do actually have coming on the phone line and joining us right now. Uh, we got our buddy Wayne on the line. Good morning, Sean and Haven. How you brothers doing this morning? Doing all right, hey, how Wayne. You doing, Wayne? Good. I'm doing very well as always. You know, I never get too high, I never get too low. But one thing about me, I'm always ready to go. Not ready, but ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> what you got yeah, for I, us? I'm listening, and, and I like the uh, – I, I think that uh, uh, he should go on and, like you said, like I heard earlier, start Fabio at the point, move L. Ellis to the two-guard, which he is. He's, he'll never be a point. Yes. He's got a, he's got a cute first mentality. He can't facilitate. So he needs to be in his natural position, like you said, and 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 Hunley, and then uh, you got. Uh, uh, would you start Jalen or JJ? Would Would you start Jalen or JJ? Uh, I start JJ, and the reason I would start JJ is because he will listen. Yeah, he will listen as opposed now uh, as opposed to Jalen. Jalen may or may not have more talent, but he will not listen. He, he won't do what the coach asked him to do. J.J. will do that because he wants to learn and be the best the best that he can be. And I, I, I start them and either and put, uh, I, I think, Mike James, that would be a nice fag. Yeah. And then the rest of them, bring them in off the bench. And the reason being, the bench always makes you learn. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to sit on the bench until you do. I don't care if you pout, whatever you do. It's up to you what's, what's going to happen next. Like like Patino used to say, you could I don't control uh, 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 playing time. You do. Yeah. <laughs> you do. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're going to sit on the pad and whine. <laughs> Absolutely. No. That would, be a, that would be a very good five. I, 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 I agree with you, Wayne. With it. I mean, because that's part that's part of Kenny's job, though, right? Like, and that's one thing. That's why I said when I say I'm waiting for him to start coaching, it's not a shot at saying that he's not coaching. I'm saying that part of being a coach is making the adjustments to help your guys Absolutely. find success, right? You got to do what you, you you need to do. And like I heard one coach who was it just say, "Oh, y'all gonna play zone? <laughs> yeah, go play zone." And then that way, I you 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 learn how to play man to man because you don't know how to play man to man. Cause you get you get you get too many blowbacks, and when you're in the zone, that don't happen. If you're if you're if you're in position like you're supposed to be, so I think they should go go, go on the zone and like Haven a little too early, so you learn. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and it's something where the more you practice it and the more you get used to it, the better you're going to be in it. I think one of the Absolutely. things that annoys Kenny is that when we have played zone, sometimes we've given up offensive rebounds, but I think that's something right. that'll get better the more they do it, right? Absolutely. And, and then because when you're in the zone, you're already in position to rebound. So with, with, with the length, like, like you all alluded to earlier, there's no reason for them to ever be out rebounding. Never. 
You you got you got great athleticism. You got length. So there's no reason for that. Rebounding is a state of mind. You you get in there and do what you need to do. You you go. You have to take the mentality. Nobody's going to out rebound me. Nobody's going to outwork me. And till you do that, that's what you're going to get. But if, if he makes those changes, I think they'll be better. And then on the on the football side, yes, sir. I was I was I was in Atlanta for Thanksgiving and I was sick. Uh, we should not have lost in the UK. There's no reason for that. No reason for that. Yeah. But the future the future bodes good, and uh, they they're gonna have a nice holiday. Although they'll be young, some of them gonna see some see some clock. Uh, you know, with the running backs, and they got a lot of good pieces to work with. Now the thing of it is. I, I, what I would like to see out of that portal, they got to get some more receivers, and he's going to have to open the office up instead of like, I, you know, I know they're going to run. They've always been good at running, but you didn't, you can't focus on that. You you gotta you gotta because all teams scheme for you, and and you're too predictable. Mm-hmm. How about throwing the ball and and get a get get a good experienced quarterback out of that portal? You'll be set. You'll be set. But, but, but Sean Haven, and and give my regards to Joe, and what we say at the at the end of the day, fellas, go cards. You know I appreciate you. You my guys, man. Y'all have a good day now. Thanks. Hey, appreciate it, Wayne. Appreciate the call. And I, I tell you what, Haven, yeah, we're going to get into the football uh, when we, at the start of hour number two. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with everything he said. And there's definitely some guys out there in that transfer portal. I tell you what, the quarterback uh, market in the portal it has me excited. Like, I don't know who Louisville's going to get, but I guarantee you they're going to have a pretty darn good signal caller <laughs> for the next year upcoming uh, until Pierce Clarkson is ready to take over those reins. Um, but I tell you what, Haven, I want to give a shout-out to my my buddy Matt Willinger. Uh, Matt, Matt said he's out listening to us this morning. He sent me a text into the private text line. So, you know, big shout out to Matt. Appreciate he said sounding good, speaking the truth as always. So I appreciate that. I also want to give a shout out to um, our, uh, our guy, Gil Feldhelter. Uh, he said uh, we were right on target. Um, he said, Rashawn, you're right on target. He said uh, we should not lower our expectations just because he is KP. And, and I agree with you. I mean, that's the one thing. And um, that's what, you know, one of the things that Ethan Moore has said. You know, this is Louisville basketball. Louisville basketball fans should not lower their expectations. You know why there was like 6,000 people? at the game on Tuesday night, it's because Louisville fans have expectations. They're not going to come out here and put 15,000, 16,000, 17,000 out there if the product is bad. Unfortunately, that's where we are. So, you know, it's up to the coach to coach his team and put a product that people want to actually come out there and see and that they can believe in. If they don't do that, you're not going to have that buy-in. I mean, don't you agree with that? I mean, these people aren't going to come out just because – you know, it's Kenny Payne. He's going to have to put something on the court that people want to see, right? I must definitely because this is one of the premier basketball programs in the country. So, like, you know people, and nothing about Louisville fans. Louisville fans are the most knowledgeable college basketball fans out there. And they know a bad product when they see one. Like, they know when guys are hustling, they're not playing hard. And we're not going to put up for it. I mean, you're talking about a program that had two coaches literally in the past. Well, not two coaches. Had like three or about four or five coaches. Now we count like all the interim coaches and whatnot. But no, still, you know, a, a program that was three years ago was still like ranked number one in the nation. Yeah, like three four years ago. Three years so ago, like, like, 
Uh, I think three years ago, this past Thursday, Louisville was ranked the number one team in the AP poll. <laughs> Literally. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And to be 0-7, like, that, it's, it's not acceptable. You know, I'm, I'm a football guy, so for me, this is like Alabama football where they had uh, East as the head coach, right? Yes. I mean, like, he was winning, but he was with, like, six, seven games a year, and that's not good enough. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just crazy to me. It, it, that was definitely by far the most lightly attended ACC Big Ten game uh, since the event started and Louisville's been a part of it. Like, it was just crazy to me to see the lack. I mean, the villains, the you know, the student section, there was like 12 kids in the whole student section. Like, it's just crazy to me. But this is, this is, the, this is the thing about being in the city of Louisville, man. It's like we have a lot of things to do with our time. And if you're not going to come out there and entertain us, and, and, and put on a good product, we will go do something else. I mean, that's the unfortunate situation, and that is a huge financial windfall that is being hurt right now by the product that's put out there. I mean, I don't know how much money the school is losing, but I know they are <laughs> taking it in the wallet right now. So, I mean, something has to change. But, but think it's, like, but it's, it's not just the school that's losing out. Like, we only have 6,000 You're also talking about losing out on all the restaurants. Because remember, the Young Center, a lot of what pays off the Young Center is that TIFF district. Yeah. That includes all those restaurants and those other, you know, those eateries and, and those clubs and stuff downtown. If nobody's patronizing, you know, that's not that's less money coming in and pay off the Young Center's debt, which is increases the amount of time, you know, it's, it's, it's increased the amount of time to pay for the debt and all this other stuff. So it's, you know, it's, it has a multiplying effect. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a rough situation. Back to the uh, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, uh, texter says, real talk this morning, fellas, even if it makes me cringe. Good job as always. The Governor's Cup was a joke. L was never in it. I need more killer instinct, D.D. Uh, I appreciate the D.D. for uh, texting in, and, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, it, it, it was uh, – it was a it, it was a little it was a little rough <laughs> that, that governor's cup oh like I I, I I we gonna get into that we gonna get into that I, I I I am ready to start that conversation Haven but you know with two minutes left in the hour I'm gonna hold my tongue until after uh, the top of the hour break at ten o'clock but I definitely have some thoughts on that I would just clean, to clean out the text line uh, texter says uh, Louisville football is going to a crappy bowl game to get busted by Cincinnati. <laughs> bring primetime home uh and he said uh good morning this uh the culture this is dre uh and he said by the line he said by the way my starting five will be all transfers next season <laughs> come on dre that's rough man <laughs> like there's some there's some guys that like I, i'm not gonna like bag on all these players like i think some of these guys can be good like mike james i think he can be good l ellis i think he's probably gonna probably either transfer or you know go ahead and get his pro situation started i mean he, he would have been four years in in school even though he'll have another year of eligibility i don't think l ellis will be here next year um sid curry heck i i, I sid is in a in an interesting space right now i i don't you know i don't have any idea what he's thinking um but transferring for him i would not be shocked to see him 
um, you know, look to, to move on or get a change of scenery because he's just in a in a tough spot. I know he's got a, a big NIL situation here, so I think he'll he'll be here. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him move on at the end of the year to try to get into a situation that fits him better. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot, uh, you know, a lot of time. But you know what? I wanted to give this first hour to the basketball team and just say that, you know what, I, I, I am – not happy with what I've seen, but I am invested in seeing this team uh, continue to ascend and find some success. Um, I, this game tomorrow uh, against uh, uh, Coach Jim Laranega and, and the uh, Miami Hurricanes is going to be a very difficult task. Um, I, I don't know if they can get it done, but I just want to see some. Let's see some changes. Like, Coach, I'm tired of seeing the same thing of you know passing the ball around until there's two seconds left, and then guys flinging up a horrible shot. I'm tired of seeing try, Brandon and Jalen trying to take guys one on one and turn the ball over. Let's let's start to see some adjustments. Let's start to see some things to find some success for these guys. Let actually coach the team. You're going to have to do more coaching. I understand your philosophies and all that, but. Uh, it's time for something different. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead, hit this uh, top of the hour break. When we get back, uh, we're going to get into this Governor's Cup, and we're going to get into the reaction of the Governor's Cup. I was very, very surprised and shocked. And, Haven, I know uh, you were echoing some of those thoughts as well, so I want to get your thoughts on that. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Big X Sports Radio, and we'll be back on uh, uh, Big X Sports Radio, WXBW. Such a vibrant thing, vibrant thing, a vibrant thing. Check it, check it, Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song? Welcome back. Welcome back. Hour number two is going down. Wake up 502. Big X Sports Radio. Rashawn Myers. Haven Harrington. Take care of you this morning on a beautiful Saturday morning here in the Ville. Uh, try, trying to get some good uh, good vibes going today, Haven. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get some, you know, get, get some tunes, get the people grooving in the rides. You know, got to always get that Saturday morning start off right. It's way warmer here than apparently it is up there in Cincinnati where Haven is. So uh, my condolences to you. I actually got up this morning, Haven, walked outside. I was like, oh, it ain't too bad out here today. (laughs) Yeah, it felt real good until I got here to Cincinnati. Then it's like about, it was like 54 this morning, and then it just steadily dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you keep that weather up there with you, brother. Don't bring it back with you when you come back. (laughs) I needed to stay right where it is. (laughs) But because we got a lot of things going on, of course, if you want to come out, you can come check us out. Our live show um, uh, down there at 21st in Germantown, 1481 South Shelby Street uh, for game day 502. Comes to you from 4 to 6 p.m. every Saturday during the football season. Um, So, uh, Definitely come on out. Uh, would love to meet you. Come out for some of the great drink specials, the wonderful food menu that is ever evolving. Uh, get you a, they have something called a pork shot. 
Um, it's very, very good. Very, very good. It's like applewood bacon uh, wrapped with a, uh, a um, smoked sausage. Um, it's got some other good stuff in the middle. Uh, it is really, really good. Um, I have so many interesting things on the menu there. Um, they have a, a wonderful menu. They just added a lot of barbecue items, burnt burnt ends, uh, uh, barbecue ribs, um, just all types of stuff. Uh, so, you know, g- come out there uh, to 21st in Germantown. Uh, be, be a part of all the great things coming in. Tra- talk about the Louisville football team. Talk about the basketball team. Uh, great drink specials as well. Um, so we'd definitely love to see you guys out there. Um, but Haven, um, Louisville, of course. Uh, the 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 team went up there. We thought they were going to get it done. I uh, had you talk. I will say this. I thought that Malik Cunningham was going to start and play the measure of that game. I thought that he would be healthy enough to go. Um, Coach Sat decided to go with Brock Doman to start the game. We didn't see Malik Cunningham until um, you know a little bit into the second quarter. Um, once Louisville was down 10 nothing, What did you think about the fact that Malik Cunningham did end up playing, but it took him until the second quarter before he decided to put him in the game? Like, what, what did you think about that? Uh, you know, like, you know, I was kind of surprised. I, I knew Malik was banged up. I knew he had some wrist issues and the shoulder issues, things of that nature. But, you know, I, too, thought he was going to start the game. I thought it was kind of gave him the ship with the Satterfield. You're not naming the starter, not Anybody know who's going to start? Who's going to start? I thought for sure that it was it was going to be Malik, and they kept blocking there the whole first quarter, and that just that just that just killed Louisville offensively. Just killed Louisville offensively. I mean, Brock is a, is, is a good game manager, but uh, you know Clemson kind of wrote the book on how to defense Brock, which is pretty much pin your ears back, get a lot of pressure on him. And kind of make one dimension because you know he's not going to be the best runner. You know he's not going to beat with his legs. And, you know, it takes him a little while to pick out his receivers. Yeah. And that's exactly what Kentucky did. They put pressure on him. They sped him up. I mean, he, he guys were wide open. He was like a deer in the headlights and just couldn't get him. And just couldn't hit him. He had guys wide open like all game long. Yeah. And literally just couldn't hit him at all. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was like a deer. It was a two one dimensional. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, he was like a deer in headlights. Like that pass rush got into his face, and he was just like it was. He was just paralyzed. He just he wouldn't throw the ball. He wouldn't throw it away. He wouldn't do anything. He just sat there and just got hit over and over. But to me, Haven, if if Malik Cunningham was healthy enough to play, then he should have started the game. Like I, that Louisville basically, in my personal opinion, just kind of basically spotted Kentucky a ten point lead. By having Brock in there, like, am I wrong about that? Like, if if you're if you know that, I mean, and by far everybody knew that Malik Cunningham gives you the best chance to win. If he's healthy enough to go, you got to start him, right? I mean, you, you have to start him. I mean, or maybe you know what? Even if you don't start him, it should have been obvious after the first two possessions that Brock just didn't have it. I mean, it, it was obvious after the first two possessions that he didn't have it, and you have to pull him. You know, like I understand starting Brock and maybe give him that first possession to get to get the nerves out. But that second possession, it was obvious that you know he wasn't seeing guys were wide open. The guys were missing. The guys he didn't see, they were like right, literally in the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, so he shouldn't use his guys to see, but he wasn't seeing them. At that point, you have to pull them. You made a whole quarter. You know, like you say, you spot Kentucky ten points. I think the defense did a good enough job to win the game. 
Yeah. But, you know, it, it was just offensive firepower. I mean, you just you just didn't have it. Offensive firepower wasn't there. Turnovers uh, resulting in 10 Kentucky points, um, you know, and, and the Cats end up uh, winning the game. Uh, what was it? What was the final score? Was it 26-13? Was that the final score? I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was 26-13 um, in a game that, um, you know, Louisville had opportunities. I thought that the defense played well. Uh, Malik came in clearly not at – I mean, he was probably at about 50 or 60%. <laughs> like health like I mean he, he got out there he took Louisville on their one touchdown drive um, uh, you know in, in early in the game uh, went out there took them down the field uh, and they did score but then of course Malik ended up re-aggravating his uh, shoulder injury right before the half and was not able to get back out there they tried to go in the second half ended up throwing a terrible interception um, but I mean it was one of those things where uh, you know Louisville I personally feel, in my personal opinion, Haven, if, if you have a even eighty or ninety percent healthy Malik Cunningham and uh, you know a, a healthy Tyon Evans, in my personal opinion, Haven, I think Louisville wins the game. Like people just like the, the whole analysis that I've heard both from media and from fans was like another UK domination, another game where Louisville just got pushed around, another game where Louisville just wasn't even on this in the same planet with Kentucky. I really didn't see that in the game last Saturday. Like, I thought that Louisville acquitted themselves well. They just, it's just, like, at the end of the day, let's keep it real. For all the things that Brock, Brock Doman had one good game at Virginia. Other than that, he's been a very below average quarterback in his other starts. He's a third string quarterback. He came into the season as the third string guy. You know, to his credit, he was able to come in and be a gamer and make some plays. But Louisville had a third string uh, quarterback and Jawar Jordan, who was there, there, you know, at the beginning of the year was listed as their third string running back. Now, Jawar has played well, but they had a third string quarterback, a third string running back, um, and it just wasn't good enough to go on the road and beat a Kentucky team um, um, that's, you know, better than we would like to admit. So, like, I, I thought that the outrage was a little over the top. I know you were a little upset as well, but what did you think about just the response to – I didn't think this was just a U.K. domination. They just proved they're way better than Louisville. Like, I didn't feel that. What do you think? No, I mean, no the game wasn't – it wasn't a dominating game. I think people are are misconstruing dominant with controlling, Right. UK controlled the game. They weren't dominant, but they controlled the game. Yeah, from start to finish, and and, and that's and, and there's a big difference between dominating and just controlling the game. They just controlled the game. Um, I mean, I, I look at I, it. I, I, UK had Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez. If Louisville has Malik Cunningham and Tyon Evans, at, you know, at, at the same health level that those two guys I mean, are, I think Louisville I mean, was the better I, I team. Mean, honestly, I mean, honestly. I don't even think they needed Tyon Evans. I thought Jawar Jordan did just fine. They just need Malik. Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, I mean, I, I, I just think that Tyon Evans, in my personal opinion, I think he's the best running back. And Jordan's awesome. He's explosive. He can make plays in the passing game. He's, a, of course, an awesome kick returner, as he showed um, a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, I'm just saying Tyon Evans was the uh, the, the top-end player. Um, outside of Malik, he was the best offensive player, in my personal opinion, when he was healthy. And I'm just saying, So I'm just saying, like, if I think if, you, if, if it was UK's best versus Louisville's best, I think Louisville was the better team, and I think ultimately they would have won the game. 
I think was my point. If you had your two-headed monster at running back of Evans and Jordan and Malik was at least 70 or 80% healthy, as healthy as Will Levis, I think Louisville was the better team. So I, I just didn't feel the domination thing. Like I feel like people are frustrated, and I know that was something that you brought up. You felt like maybe the frustration over the basketball team uh, it was, you know, kind of seeped into the unhappiness after the football game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I completely think that, and I, and I still think that. I still think that. Like the what we're well, I, I think the summer we're seeing with the football team is not beating UK in a year where you thought you had them. Like UK, especially towards the end of the season where UK was trending downwards, we were trending in in a in in, in a better position, right? Like we mm-hmm. started winning games, we we were doing better, much better second half of the season. So it was going in different directions, you know, trend wise. So you thought this was like going to be it, right? Like, like, like this was the time going to get UK. Like now be the time to get them, and we still couldn't do it, right? It still wasn't there. But you know, this year we weren't punked out, right? Like, like in years past. I mean, UK just like I said before, they didn't dominate the game, but they controlled the game. Mm-hmm. From beginning to end, and then that's and that's that's still kind of frustrating that they controlled the game, and it was like a true ebb and flow where you know we had control for a little bit, they had control for a little bit, and they go back and forth. Yeah, they pretty much controlled the entire game. Yeah, that that that, um, that first quarter and having Brock in that whole first quarter really put Louisville behind the eight ball because they were basically playing catch up the rest of the game after getting that putting that ten zero hole. You know, like yeah, it, it killed. And, and this is not, and, and this was not a, an offense. They, this is not offense made to dig you out of a hole, especially if at least not at least eighty or ninety percent to go. Yeah, I mean they just, I mean like they they have weapons, but just not without without Malik. This offense really just just kind of stagnates. And I and do want to saw that kind of a little bit. Absolutely. No, I, and I totally agree with you. And, and I did want to just say congratulations to Tyler Hudson. He got his 1,000 yards receiving, had an unbelievable touchdown catch um, as well in the game. Uh, that young man put on a show this year. Um, you know, I would definitely not be surprised uh, to see him go ahead and make himself eligible for the NFL draft. Um, I would love, I know some people have talked about, you know, because he does have another year of eligibility, you know, somebody stepping up like a, a Planet Fitness or somebody hooking him up. I don't know if we need to call 502 Circle, uh, but, uh, so, you know, being able to bring him back would be a huge coup if Louisville could find a way to get that done. But, Haven, I tell you what, I, I'm excited about what's going on when when I look at um you know some of the guys that Louisville has an opportunity to get in this transfer portal I think Louisville can be pretty decent next year even with the turnover they're gonna have uh you know I I think they can too and I you know once again when we start to get back to you know why are some UL fans kind of down on Satterfield and trust me like like we've been critical Satterfield probably more than anybody else in Louisville's media. And, you know, I, I will still say, you know, some of the issues I think that Louisville fans are having with Satterfield now, I think I, I think some of the Louisville the fans are kind of getting that there may be a realization that Sat may be a guy that may just be one of those just good enough guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's won enough games, never to get fired, but never won enough games, like really, really, really get you excited if that makes sense yeah well and i think i i'm gonna take a i'm gonna put a pin in that and i'm, I'm gonna put a wait and see on that and the big, biggest reason why is because i loved 
um, what the the way the defense finished. Um, that gets me excited about the potential future. If they can continue to keep that aggressiveness level and if they can continue uh, to play at that level, if they can plug in some new guys from both the transfer portal as well as guys coming in um, uh, from high school, uh, if they can continue to do that. And then we've never seen Coach Satterfield – coach another quarterback besides Malik Cunningham and and I think that's somewhere else where I want to see what he looks like when he has a guy who can make all the throws that's why guys like Phil Jerkovich uh, from Boston College guys like Brennan Armstrong at Virginia uh, guys like uh, Sims the quarterback from uh, Georgia Tech as well as Pine the quarterback from Notre Dame all those guys are guys that are in the the portal and I feel are much more accomplished passers um, than you know Malik Cunningham ever was and if uh, I want to see what Coach Satterfield's offense looks like with one of those guys in the mix, if that makes sense. Like I, I think that there's opportunity. So I'm not going to say that Coach Satterfield is a guy who's only going to be just okay because I do want to see him. Malik Cunningham was both a gift and a curse. He was a guy that was by far the best quarterback on the team, but he had some uh, severe limitations, especially in the passing game, that I think really held back this Satterfield offense from being its most optimal. So I, I think I'm going to put a wait and see on that one. But I tell you what, Haven, we're going to go ahead and go right back to the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Uh, we got uh, Jay has on the line with this. Jay, how you doing this morning? Doing fine, sir. A little lopsided this morning, but I'm all right. <laughs> there you go. It's hilarious. So, so what you got for us this morning, sir? Man, what kind of, I don't, I don't know. I got two little quick things I'm out of here. Yes, sir. So football is going to, to, to the Fanny Bowl, wherever that's called. Fen- Fenway Bowl. Yes, up in Boston, Fanny yeah. Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Fanny Bowl. <laughs> and and, and I, I'm getting, I mean, I was to talk to a good friend of mine on the phone. Uh, about his season tickets and stuff like that. Now, he is now not patronizing his season tickets throughout the basketball season, men's basketball. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, you know, we and we talked about that earlier, Jay, is that, you know, these season ticket holders, man, they pay a premium, premium uh, to go to those games, especially the guys sitting in the lower bowl and the and the seats near the, the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, they pay astronomical prices. So, I mean, people want to see a, a good product, right? Those guys yeah, are paying so, NBA so. level money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm just tired, man. I'm tired of this Kenny Payne, you know, Regine, and what he's not doing, or what they keep talking about. The kids are hurting, stuff, and it's like, man, you have listen. It's hard to, to lead example if you don't have example for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I, I think that, that it's it's up to, like, the giving them the excuses of these guys are broken for help me fix what's been broken and, and all that stuff, like, I don't think that there's anything broken. It's not like there was some big scandal. You didn't have like a Baylor situation where one team, one guy shoots the other guy, or or you know, it wasn't anything like that. There wasn't any any scandals or anything. So I mean, they just had a bad basketball season. I think that 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 definitely gets overblown. I agree with you. Well, look, I'm not gonna say this for long. I'm kind of hurt, disappointed, man. I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and do what y'all do best. I'm going to take a day off on the show this evening so you guys enjoy yourself. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, Jay. Well, well, thank you for calling in. You go ahead and rest up, my brother. That's all right. <laughs> all right, Jay. Thank you so much. Uh, but, yeah, hey, but you, can you hear it, can you hear it in Jay's voice there, Haven? He just – the basketball team is taking everything out of him, Haven. Hey, it, it, it beats that way when you're on seven. <laughs> like Jay, Jay usually calls upbeat, and even if he's mad at, at Kenny or the basketball team, he's gonna give me some energy. He ain't even have that today. Like I feel like he's just like the 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 definition of what everybody's 
kind of going through right now. It was the saddest thing in the world. Watching all the fans leave, I mean, there was it was literally friends and family after the eight minute under eight minute timeout uh, at the game on uh, Tuesday. Man, like everybody just left and they looked sad, and you know, like it just it just looked like just it was terrible. It was terrible. It was just the saddest thing in the world. So you know, I I think that. Um, there's got to be some changes, but but back to the football, man. I I think the one thing Haven and I know we talked about. We thought that Louisville was going to kind of take a dip this upcoming season um, because of the fact that they lose guys like Yaya and Yasir and some of these guys, and they're losing Malik Cunningham. But I think that the one thing that um, I underestimated or I really didn't consider is just how big this transfer portal is now. And with the way UofL has used this NIL with the the Flyville 23 recruiting class, um, I think Louisville's going to have an opportunity to make some big splashes. When I look at some of these players that are entering the portal, I, I know offense. there's an offensive lineman, a tackle from Alabama, um, who's now in the portal. Um, there's a, a big kid from Harvard, a big guard. I think he was probably like 6'3", 330 out there. Like When I look at the prospects of Louisville being able to bring in this big-time recruiting class, and then you add in some of these potential stars in the transfer portal. There's a guy, um, Anthony Armstrong, uh, who was another, you know, let me see if you've heard this before, Haven, a Division II uh, All-American, uh, 6'6", 180-pound wide receiver. Um, you know, I think we did pretty well with Tyler Hudson with a guy like that last year. Um, you know, I, I think that Louisville can actually have a better season than even what we were thinking. Like, do you think that's a possibility with with where, what Louisville's doing with NIL? I think Louisville could probably field a pretty competitive team if they can get busy in that transfer market. I mean, we play in the ACC, which is not exactly murderer's row. Our schedule next year is a lot easier than it is this year, maybe save for playing Notre Dame. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I think like, all things are possible. Uh, I, I believe a stat that, you, that we had talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, not on the show, but you know, just, just, you know, you and I just chit-chat. Run, running like, yes. With one of the games, they're, like, 40%, like, most of the teams are all, like, transfer guys. Yeah. Uh, in the championship game. Yeah, I think they so, said 40% yeah, of the starters in the championship game. 40% of the starters in all the championships games this weekend were portal guys, transfer guys. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and you know, like, like I said before, I think with, like, I think with Satterfield, this would be his fifth season coming up. And, you know, I, I think L fans just kind of want to finally see him put it together, like whatever that is, like just put it together. You know, he hasn't, you know, he started slow the past couple of years. Uh, The first game of season always gives him trouble. And and I I think, I think little fans just want to see if it's like, put it together. You got a great recruiting class coming in. There's no doubt in my mind that you're killing the, you're killing the transfer portal, but just, just to get it together and just show, just get it together and, and, and just do it, you know, because if we look at, like, Louisville's other, you know, kind of big name or other football coaches, you know, by their fourth or fifth, well, actually, no, Arsenal went to the fifth year, but by their fourth year, you know, Strong, John L., Bobby 1.0, you know, the machine, that you know, Death Star was fully functional, operational. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and it's and it's a little weird waiting on a guy's maybe fifth or sixth season 
for the Death Star to be semi-operational, if, if that makes sense. Absolutely, no, it does, I, and and I I think that that's what's intriguing and interesting moving forward. Like I like I, a lot of people, you know, I've heard some people saying, you know, the Bring Brown Home guy is still doing his thing, and there's some people that's like, we need to go ahead and get rid of this guy or got to look. I, I'm actually intrigued and excited about like what the prospects for coming forward next year. Like I saw enough in here to where it gives me like I don't think it's great, everything's fixed, but I'm excited to see what the next step looks like. I and and I. I don't know why it's it's so <laughs> you know why it's so dire, um, but you know we'll see. I I think that I mean, um, it's, it's, it's dire. <laughs> the reason it's dire is because their basketball team is is is, is trash. That's fair. So and, you know and, you know you got your two marquee sports in football and you know in football and basketball, men's football, men's basketball, and you're looking at you know Rick could never beat Calipari. It looks like uh, Kenny's definitely not going to be Calipari this year. So that's a definite L. So at least you wanted to have been in you know, football. And football is typically the sport we've dominated UK in. And now we've been dominating the past like four or five years. And, no. you know, you look at it and like, dude, like, what is going on? Yeah, no, you're right. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Haven, we're about to go ahead and hit this break. Of course, uh, when we get back, we will have uh, the greatness that is uh, Leanne Herring with her picks for championship weekend. So we're going to get into that. And before we get uh, to that break, I want to let everybody know, make sure you reach out to Sheena S. Beckham, loan officer, broker broker house lending. Uh, Give her a call if you're uh, interested in uh, obtaining that loan so you can get into uh, the house of your dreams. If you need help with your um, credit, and getting that together. They do have some credit counseling services to help you get there. Um, make sure you reach out to her, 502-220-7678 um, or at SheenaAB at BrokerHouseLending.com. Sheena S. Beckham, loan officer, Broker House Lending. Check her out. But you know what? We're going to go ahead and hit this break when we come back. We got Leanne Herring coming up. Just me, myself, and Haven. <laughs> And from me, myself, and I It's just me, myself, and I Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. Big X Sports Radio. Rashawn Myers here. Thank you to Haven Harrington for uh, coming out and uh, being a trooper out there in the uh <laughs> in in the wilderness, uh, he was uh, uh, out there. I, I appreciate him. It was it was a little chilly out there for Haven. So the fact that he was able to call in uh, and be a part of uh, the uh, the game this morning, or what, while he was or be part of the show while watching the game this morning, uh, that was awesome. But we are joined on the line, Leanne. You with me? 
Yep, I wasn't sure if I was calling the request line. I was about to make some requests. Yes. So, yes, it's me. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, Haven was uh, out there freezing his butt off in the cold watching his daughter's uh, soccer game. So he literally did an hour and a half of radio, Leanne, uh, out there in the freezing cold up in Cincinnati. Uh, while, while oh, my goodness. I think we all can agree on that. You know, when you become a parent, it definitely changes the things. Because, you know, like I said, this week definitely with December, you were talking, you know, I was glad to see you. I can't believe he's growing, you know, getting in basketball. Maybe we'll get him down to the SIP for a visit. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, the things you do for your kids, it definitely changes. But it, it finally, I, I mean, it's been cold, I'm sure, down there, but it's been cold down here in Texas. It finally kind of warm, warmed up a little bit more. And by warmed up, I mean, no, no freezing, no freezing rain. But anyway. Really? Oh, wow. It's, it's cold like that. I didn't even realize it. You know, I, I, when I think of Texas, I just think of just hot being hot all the time yeah no no i know but yeah it's, it's definitely not cincinnati cold definitely not kentucky we ain't walking in the snow we ain't plowing but you know texas it gets below 50 it gets below 40 let's go run out the supermarket Thank let's God. go get because it's gonna you know health goes over that is hilarious that is so funny absolutely well leanne i appreciate you uh uh giving the call in as always uh you have been with us uh, every week of this college football season i have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed your your takes and our conversation about it um and so it's gonna be just me and you today sister uh picking these games so uh let's go ahead and hop on it i cannot believe what happened last night before we get into the games uh today i really thought that that usc team was playing on all cylinders uh and they go out and just get absolutely dominated uh by utah last night it seems like utah is is the usc kryptonite the only team to beat usc and they knocked them off twice that was that was a shocker last night it was a shocker for me too you know i did i did my thursday spot out in boston with uh, anthony peppy and the diehards and you know and uh we didn't preview that game we ended up talking about lane and getting the tcu game but yeah. you know the whole week the whole week before that i was getting ready my picks looking for my lines you know it was a really slim margin but you know i was going with utah then you know yesterday last night before kickoff and everything i said <laughs> you know what I mean, if USC, they're sitting at number four. Nobody thought that they were going to be here. Yeah, Utah's giving them a run. Utah, Utah's playing a hell of a game. They're at home. You know, you know they're playing in Vegas. Right. They got Caleb Williams' momentum. I just, and you know, like you said, the way they played at that UCLA game, oh, it just made us, you know, I, you had me believing when we yeah. were talking, <laughs> talking that weekend. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to switch it up. I was like, it's only two and a half points that these boys can't pull it off playing at number four in a playoff spot with Williams. With yeah. the defense, with, the, with all the tools, but man, like I said, it, but but we're going to see a lot of this. I mean, not, you know, TCU, Georgia, Michigan. I'm going to say, you know, the UGA, you know, Georgia and Michigan have some wiggle room this week with that point spread, but TCU. As electric and fast as they are, K State could could play the same role that Utah played in USC if they don't if they don't play careful tonight. Right. If they don't play careful today, I mean early today, because it's going to be an interesting thing. But you know, I really I switched to you. I flipped to USC. I just felt like they were going to pull it off. I mean, I know Utah is a good team. I know they're very familiar with USC and how they play. But you know that run game and those things, they just really they fired they fired in the end, and I was really surprised about it. Yeah, absolutely, and I. 
I tell you what, you brought up TCU, so let's go ahead and hop right into it. Of course, we're taking the odds by Caesar Sportsbook, uh, found on ESPN.com. Uh, that's the, those are the uh, the lines that I utilize, and it looks like the first game of the day kickoff uh, twelve noon on ABC. We just talked about the Horn Frogs of TCU uh, taking on Kansas State. Kansas State, a team that has been, um, you know, uh, one of those uh, not necessarily Jekyll and Hyde, but they've always been a team that they they just seem to step up in big spots. They're ranked number ten this week coming in to the game. I have TCU uh, laying one point. Uh, TCU is uh, the one point favorite uh, in this game. Well, what are you thinking about this one? Wow, wow. When I checked the lines earlier, I had them at two, two and a half. So yeah, it's definitely it's down to one. Like I said, that the Pac-12 and this Big 12, uh, you know, the Big 12 games have extremely slim margins on the lines. And and what I'm going to say, TCU, I've I've ran behind them. What a hell of a story! They played really well. They they're very they actually execute. Unlike Tennessee, they're fast. They play well. They fire in <laughs> all cylinders. But again, today, you know, today they're out. You know, close close up the road out of Jerry World at AT and T Stadium. But you but you cannot disregard K State because well Will, when Will Howard came in at QB in there, he's really opened up the passing game to make it more explosive. Uh, and and we saw and this is a familiar foe for TCU. TCU because if we remember when TCU played them earlier in the season, I believe it was week eight. Week eight, mm-hmm. TCU came back from their biggest, biggest deficit against K State to rally over. So K State's going to come into this game exceptionally ready and wanting to play spoiler, exceptionally with TCU being in that third spot. And we saw how T- how K State was able to pick apart TCU defense. Yeah. Now. As much as I think K-State is going to keep it close, I think it's going to come out to a Howard Duggan, Max Duggan. And that kid, like I keep saying over, is not in the Heisman talk after this. And if they pull it off, even if they don't, you got to put that kid in there because he just got so much grit. And he really has done it for TCU. Like I said, at the end of the day, as much as I want K-State to, I think K-State could very well pull up this upset. I think TCU... I think they're going to roll in this one, and I'm going to take TCU by extremely slim, slim margin. I don't like the points, and I think it's going to be under 62 on this one. I just think TCU in this big game, they know what they're playing for, and I think uh, seeing USC fall last night to Utah, I think probably opened eyes, if I was TCU, that we're going to have to come hard. We're going to have to play, play consistent and efficiently. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think heading into championship weekend, I of the teams in the top four, I actually thought that TCU was the team most likely uh, to lose. Like, I thought USC um, was just a buzzsaw right now. I, I, I was totally shocked with that. But I agree with you, Leanne. I think with everything that we saw go on last night with the Trojans, um, I, I think that the Horns Frogs are going to come out today and they're going to put their best foot forward and they're going to get it done. It's essentially a pick them with just a one-point uh, spread. So, yeah, exactly. give me give me TCU. I, I think that the Horned Frogs will find a way to get it done and we'll get to see those funky uniforms uh, in the playoff <laughs> uh, but let's go oh, ahead. Most definitely, most definitely. best uniform best uniforms out there i love tcu's uniforms i always have <laughs> but let's go ahead and go uh, to the yeah, if you've ever had to get across the tcu fans i remember we played them and they slaughtered us out in <laughs> out in that lane a couple seasons ago they they it's like a bunch of rattlers coming in because they shake their hands with their i mean it's an interest they're they, an interesting they group are. Like I said. very you very effective group <laughs> 
Let's move on. Where are we going next? Oh, we're, we're, going we're going to the SEC championship game. Uh, we're going to the SEC championship game. Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Georgia Bulldogs, they have basically just flexed their muscles just enough to win all their games all year. It just seems like they have been waiting to get back to this point to where they can uh, start their march to another national championship. Uh, taking on uh, LSU, uh, you know, in, in their first year, Brian Kelly gets LSU to the SEC top title game um just an unbelievable first season um does lsu have any magic can they make something happen in this sec championship game georgia is laying 17 and a half points uh in this game they are 17 and a half point favorites on here uh what are you thinking about the sec title game this is going to be an interesting one i was really surprised to see a lot of points not because not give it to georgia just because given the rivalry how lsu has come back I will tell you hands down, regardless of what happens with there, I think UGA, the, what makes them so much, so able to keep going and be still undefeated and be where number one where they are is their efficiency. You can watch their film. You know what they're going to do. And even with that, nobody finds a way to break down Stetson Bennett. No one finds a way to break down that defense. Now, LSU has a couple of couple of things up their sleeve you can manage. So I'm the first, before we get into anything, I'm going to take LSU to cover. I, I just think that the, that's a lot of point margins. Yeah. And let's talk about why. Um, obviously, Jaden Daniels over at LSU, uh, extremely efficient on the pass now and has done great things to open that. LSU is going to have to get a run game, and they're going to have to rely on their running backs to open up some things to be able to, to slow down that UGA defense. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. But let's talk about on the other side of the ball. If you don't know who LSU's Texas charm kid Harold Perkins is, you're going to know him today because we're going to be hearing him and his name a lot. This kid has just been phenomenal. I've watched him through high school, and what he's done to turn LSU around, he may be the guy who gets it done to wear down Stetson Bennett. That's what I think the key is for LSU. They're going to have to find a way to to get into that backfield. They're going to have to find a way to wear down Stetson Belt, uh, Bennett and the mailman and his delivery. No one's been able to do it efficiently and effectively. And Harold Perkins is going to be a huge player along with those running backs. So I think UGA is going to roll, but it's going to be tight. I think it's going to it's going to come down to possibly a field goal, maybe even a one point game. We may go into overtime in this one, but I think Harold Perkins, Harold Perkins is going to be a name that that you're going to hear a lot because I think Harold Perkins is going to and LSU is going to have to find a way defensively to not let Stetson Bennett be as efficient and not let those tight end receivers that UGA has in Bowers and Washington be able to get down into that red zone. But I'm going to take LSU today. I rarely take LSU. I've been taking, and I've been going against UGA. So <laughs> hey, and they've been winning. So I'm going to take LSU to cover on those points. Absolutely. And I tell you, with me with this one, I just want to know which Georgia am I going to get. Am I going to get the Georgia that blew out Tennessee, or am I going to get the Georgia that allowed Kentucky to keep making a 10-point game in a very ugly, what was it, 16-6 to game? Um, exactly. You know, like I just – I it's a lot of points. I don't trust Georgia to, to, to cover that number. Uh, so give me LSU. Uh, I will take those points. I do think the Bulldogs get the win, but I just feel like the Bulldogs are just doing enough to get it done. Like maybe they'll turn it on once the playoff gets here but those guys have been kind of sandbagging a little bit leanne so you know i, I i'm not going out on a limb and thinking george is going to blow out lsu today uh, and, but, uh, and like 
Yeah, yeah, and like you said, and like with Kirby Smart, he's an open book. You know, you're going to watch UGA film. You're going to watch it. They ain't going to throw something. Rarely are they going to throw something like, you know, like what you see in other SEC teams do. Like they're going to have some surprise things. They may have a few things, but it's pretty much an open book with UGA. What you see is what you get. But like you said, are we going to see that Kentucky, are we going to see that UGA that came out against Kentucky that was not that number one team was not what we saw. So, like, exactly what you said. I just think that UGA has got a lot of points. Now, like I said, give them credit because they found a way to win that defense and everything. But, again, I just think that 17.5 points in, in the championship game with this kind of rivalry with a player like Carol Perkins on LSU is just a lot to give UGA. Absolutely, absolutely. So, next we're going to go out to the Big Ten uh, Purdue, we, we've heard the, the stat all week that, uh, you know, Brian, or excuse me, Jeff Brom is undefeated playing top three teams. So, number two, Michigan taking them on in the Big Ten championship game. Does Brom and crew, do they have any magic left? Uh, Michigan is a 16 and a half point favorite. Um, what, what are you thinking in this one? Is Michigan just going to just steamroll Purdue? What's going to happen today? You know, I don't think, I think, like I said, I was really surprised to see that the Big 12, uh, I mean, the big, you know, the, the t- Big 10 and the, and, and SEC get so many points on these lines because, like yeah. I said, then on the other, on the other side, you get two and a half points and a pick them, you know. Right. So it was really interesting to see. I think Purdue's going to hang with them. I just feel like they've had, they have a little bit of magic in them. I feel like their, their quarterback has been doing some good things, is opening up. Um, their defense can, can hang with Michigan to a degree, but I think at the end of the day, Michigan, they want to stay where they're going. They don't want to go home. Um, and, and I think they're trying to win because, you know, right now it's just like I think everybody's trying to win because everyone's kind of worried about who's going to go in that fourth spot. Is Ohio State going to come in? Is Alabama going to come in? You know, if, if TCU goes down, if one of these guys go down, granted they're going to be 12-1, and one, then the next guy you have is Ohio State who's 11-1. and one. But is the committee going to say the 11-1 Ohio State versus an Alabama 10-2? So I think these games, especially this Purdue-Michigan game, is going to set a lot. And I, I just I don't know if Michigan, I think it's going to be another close one. But I'm going to take I'm going to take Purdue to cover. But I think Michigan rolls. I don't think it's going to be a blow because I think Michigan and Harbaugh they're going to play it smart. Um, I think that they don't want to have too many injuries. I don't think they want to lose any any key players because I think we've seen it with Michigan. Uh, they roll with a lot of key players. You lose those key you lose those key players. It's going to be hard in the playoff season. So I think Purdue comes in with a little bit of steam, a little bit of momentum. Don't be surprised if Michigan kind of lays it low. Let's Purdue get up. Um, and feel like they're, they, that they're in the driver's seat and then Michigan comes back in the second half and just rolls. Absolutely, yeah, and, and Purdue's a team that I, I don't know, like, they, they're the most inexplicable team because they will lose to some horrid, horrid teams, but then they will come out against better competition, and they play much better. Um, so I don't know what Purdue team I'm going to get. I like the fact that it's, it's on the fast track there at Lucas Oil Stadium in, in Indianapolis, so the weather's not going to be a concern. Michigan shocked me with the fact that they just manhandled Ohio State in the horseshoe last week. Like, I could not believe uh, that Michigan went in there and did OSU like that. Um, you know, that's not happened much. I think that was the first win by um, uh, Michigan in at Ohio State since, what, 2003, I believe? Um, so, you know, it's been a long time. I, so I don't want to overblow it. Like, I feel like I'm looking at it the same way I looked at Georgia when they blew out Tennessee. Um, I yeah. don't know if we'll get that Michigan again. So I'm going to say I, I think that that was just lightning in a bottle last week. I think Michigan will get the win, but I don't see 16 and a half. I think that's too many points. I think Purdue will keep it close um so i i'll just roll with that one uh but uh, leanne next we're going to roll over to the acc championship game uh we have drake may 
you know, who just had an unbelievable season. 3,800 3, yards passing, 35 touchdowns. Um, just an unbelievable season for him. The upstart North Carolina Tar Heels taking on the Clemson Tigers, who peed down their leg last week, had a chance to kind of slide in uh, back door into the playoff, lost to South Carolina. Um, like, What's going on with this game? Is, is Clemson, are they still feeling sorry for themselves? Clemson is the seven-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, do you think there's going to be a hangover? Um, does Carolina get it done, or do the Tigers come back strong this week? You know, I, I just, I mean, Clemson's one of those teams you can't figure them out. And, man, whoever's looking, if, I, I'm not saying that Shane Beamer's looking at leaving South Carolina. I think it's one of the perfect fit. I've never seen a more interesting program like South Carolina and the magic between Shane Beamer, but if somebody's looking for a coach, I don't know what kind of elixir, what kind of magic <laughs> Shane Beamer can cook up, but he's made some statement wins. Yeah. And I, like I said, with Clemson, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, they're still a seven-point favorite, but, you know, Mac Brown, I've seen, I mean, Mac Brown, legendary coach. You've seen what he did at Texas, you know, even even when he retired and he came back, you know, he told you know told the Tar Heels, I'm going to build this program. So, well, Steve did at Kentucky. You know, it's going to be slow. It's going to be, and now we're kind of seeing the fruits of what a coach like Matt Brown can do. His wisdom, his knowledge, and everything. I like UNC in this one. I think that, I think Clemson's going to come out. I just don't, I just, I really don't know what to say because, like I said, I feel like Clemson's been so flip-flop, and I feel like for a lot of the times, they got talent. I think we say that over this week when you talk about Clemson, when you talk about these teams. They have talent, but they just don't execute. So I feel like Clemson is just so wishy-washy. And I'm going to say that UNC in this one, and like you said, they kind of snuck, they kind of snuck in the back door. Like, you know, Clemson was like, you know, we saw how they started, how they were kind of, and they found a way, right. which was unbelievable to me, to still make it to the ACC championship. But I think UNC is going to give them a run. I think Matt Brown, Matt Brown likes these kind of games where he's, on, for, you know, he's not at Texas anymore. He's, he's, playing, he's coaching the underdog against the, the, the team that's still revered as being a top team. So I really like UNC to cover with those points, and I like the under in this one too. I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think Clemson's just going to go to the woodshed with UNC. I think it's going to be a slow game, and I think I think uh, Matt Brown and the Tar Heels are just going to take it slow. They're going to try to grind it out and just play efficiently and smart, just in Matt Brown style. You know, nothing fancy, nothing too crazy. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I totally agree with you. Um, I, I there's something just this Clemson team has not really been. They have been off kilter and kind of out of sync all year long. I mean, I think back to the Wake Forest game. They could have easily lost the Wake Forest game. Um, you know when they when they played against Louisville earlier this year, like I wasn't blown away. I mean, that was a team that you know before Malik Cunningham goes down with the injury at the half, Louisville was right there in that game. This Clemson team has not impressed me all year long. I think there's a lot of contrast controversy with DJ Uyunglele uh, at the quarterback position. They want to get that freshman in there. I fully expect DJ is going to transfer um, at the end of the year. Um, I, I, I just I don't like Clemson. I don't like where their head's at. I think that they are worried about a lot of different other things besides uh, getting ready for North Carolina. So give me the Tar Heels. Not only I'm taking them seven and a half points, but I think that Carolina is going to get this win outright. I just I don't like where Clemson's head is at. So yeah, give, give me the give, give me a uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels in this one. 
Um, and, and I, I tell you what, uh, I I know I, I just got a text into the text line, and this is gonna be was gonna be. Uh, he says, uh, he said, man, you didn't discuss our future coach uh, SWAC championship primetime teams going to twelve and zero. Uh, and primetime, uh, shout out to Deion Sanders. He actually uh, sounds like he's gonna be the new head coach at uh, the Colorado That's Buffaloes. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they, they, I mean, you better watch out because next <laughs> season we might be talking about Colorado as one of the sleeper teams. I was reading that this morning because, you know, we've been talking about is he going to go to South Florida? Is he going to go to Jackson State? You know, was, there was a real big push. If you saw, obviously, Charles Barkley was trying to head that push for him to go to Auburn. You yeah. know, so it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how what he does over at Colorado when he officially signs. Yeah, $5 million a year is a reported contract for for Dion. So that that's absolutely why he's in Boulder right there. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of cheddar right there for, for a, a coach. So, you know, congratulations to Dion on that. Before we get you out of here, Leander, are there, are there any other championship games that, that you want to give the, the spreads for that you have thoughts on? Well, no, but if, uh, what, do we have that line that we're talking about? Uh, I don't have that line, but we can talk about for that call, for the, the call that came into the request line, and then who are they going? It's Jackson State against. Yeah, well, that's why I was trying to look to see if we had the, the, the SWAC line up here. I was looking at I have the, uh, let's see, hold on, let's see, the SWAC, FCS. Here we go. Let's take a look. So uh, we have, where's Jackson State at? Jackson State taking on Southern. Uh, ESPN 2 at 4 p.m. SWAC championship game. Jackson State is laying 20 and a half. Uh, 20 and a half. So it uh, looks like primetime's going to have to get it done big time if they're going to knock off Southern. <laughs> Wait, well, what, what do you think about that one? Are you, are well, you? that is that for a SWAC championship. But I mean, it is. I mean, if you watch some Jack State football, what they've done at that program, you know, like I said, credit to Deion Sanders and those young gentlemen out there bringing bringing yeah. awareness to HBCU culture. Absolutely. You know, changes the game. You know, I want. I'm going to pick Jackson State to win outright. I don't know about 20 points. Like I said, don't want. Points. I don't want. I don't. I think that's a lot of points. So I'm going to take the underdog in this one. I'm going to take the underdog in this one. I just think that that's a lot of points just on the thing. I think Jackson State. You know, they come out, they ball, and it's an exciting atmosphere and, and, and a game to be in. I think that they, they're going to send Dion out uh, with a good with a good prime time win. I don't know if they're going to do it by 20 points. So <laughs> I'm going to take Jackson. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Southern to, to cover as. I like to say, but I think Jackson State rolls on to that SWAC championship. There you go. I like it. I, I, I'll have to agree with you on that one. I think that Jackson State gets it done. I believe Southern was the team that, that they had the incident with the handshake line at the end where the, the coach kind of pushed him at, at the end. I believe that was the Southern game uh, what, where that happened, uh, where they had the little incident. So I actually think that if, if that is the case, I believe it was the Southern coach. It was uh, um, uh, Eddie was it Eddie Robinson Jr., I believe, was the, the coach who got in to it with Dion. Um, if that is his team, I think Jackson State may roll, but 20 and a half is a, is a lot of points. But g- give me Jackson State for the win. I think the Jaguars of Southern, uh, they will keep it within 20, though. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Southern and I'll take those points. But, uh, Leanne, I definitely appreciate it. Make sure you let everybody know where they can reach out and see everything that, that you do and, and if they want to get involved or check out what's going on with Leanne. For all, for all our college uh, college sports and everything, SEC, Rebel, you know, old, if you're old Miss fans out in Kentucky, you can follow me at the Rebel Walk. My Twitter is MissKYUS2011. Um, obviously, uh, I do some picks for, for our main event sports family, our NFL picks, so check those out on the Twitter. I usually put those all on our Twitter, the Instagram. Um, I'll give you a real quick, uh, I know because our Cincinnati fans uh, want to hear this one. Uh, I'm going to give you all the, the Chiefs at the Bengals tomorrow. I have the Chiefs as, the, of course, the favorite in two. 
but I'm going to take those Bengals too. Uh, I'm going to take those Bengals for two, and I'm going to take the. They're going to go under 57 out in Cincinnati tomorrow. So I'm going to give you a quick NFL pick. Nice. I appreciate it. Well, Leanne, I appreciate it. Cannot wait to talk to you next week. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely probably be talking maybe some NFL and some portal talk. I, I see all those Kentucky Man. players leaving Lexington. The draft I, may be greener, and I know some of them we may want them to come to the fifth, <laughs> but uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see. We'll talk to you again next week. I absolutely appreciate it, Leanne. Thank you so much. Uh, that, there you go. Leanne Herring, Rebel Walk, um, just always does an awesome, awesome, amazing job. I just want to uh, just to, to take a minute just to thank everybody for um, just a, a, had a great day, great interaction. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, Louisville basketball is going to be a little frustrating for a little while, but, you know, they're going to get it together. Um, so just, you know, just, just, just chill out, y'all. It, it's going it's gonna to get together. Uh, Kenny Payne, you got to get it together, brother. You need to, you know, get those boys together, um, get them, you know, everybody on the same page. I need to see a little bit better um, out of you, but I definitely think they're going to get it done. So this is Rashawn Myers for Haven Harrington. Appreciate you guys, and we out of here. Talk to you next week. Watching the dogs. I mean, it's, it is a pretty, it's a perfect storm for a hangover. So I'm, I'm, if I don't leave hangover, then we didn't do it right. You leave the crew on the fattest hip hop record. He touched the kinks and sinks into the sounds. She frequents the fatter joints called undergrounds. Our funk zooms like you hit the Mary Jane. They flock to booms, man, boogie had to change. Who freaks the clips with mad amount percussion? Where kinky hair goes the unthought of the matrix. Why is it so fly? Cause hip hop kept some drama. When butterfly rock the light, we sway boomers. What by the cut, we push it off the